Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. your Bibles, please, to Psalm 144 tonight. Psalm 144, this is what the Lord put on my heart to bring on Sunday, and uh, then uh, the Lord didn't uh, see fit to let me preach and let us have some testimonies and a time of worship of which I'm fine with. Whatever the Lord wants is what I want. Amen? And uh, no doubt Sunday was what we, not only uh, what the Lord wanted, but I believe it was what we needed. Amen? And so I appreciate the Lord's goodness to us, but uh, spent some time in this also today and wanted to uh, bring what the Lord's put on our heart here in Psalm 44. And uh, we'll read this psalm together. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We'll read it together and uh, then get into the message that the Lord would have. Again, I thank you so much for being here. Looking forward to what God's going to speak to us tonight. Amen. Psalm 144, this is, of course, according to the superscription, a psalm of David. And uh, the psalm reads like this from David's heart. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the son of man, that thou makest account of him. Man is like to vanity, his days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out thine arrows and destroy them. Send thine hand from above. Rid me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of strange children. Whose mouth speaketh vanity and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children of uh, 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 excuse me whose mouth speaketh vanity and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. That our Garners may be full, affording all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, and that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. You may be seated. Let's bow for a word of prayer together, and we'll get into the message at the 
Lord would have for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight as humbly and thankfully, God, as we know how. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is once again to be here in church, to be able to be with your people, to be able to open the Bible, and Lord, to know what Bible that we should open and read from and preach from, and Lord, to be able to have the opportunity to have truth, uh, Lord, to be able to, to have a book that we can trust and a book that we can learn from and glean from. And Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help uh, tonight, Lord, we've come in not to hear from me, not to necessarily even to hear from each other, but God, we've come here tonight to hear from you, Lord. If there's one thing that each and every person here in this church needs tonight, it is to hear from you. And I pray, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to do that. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd take, uh, Lord, my, my body, touch my mind, touch my, uh, my, my physical abilities tonight. And Lord, I pray you'd use them for your purposes. Lord, as I often do uh, prior to preaching, I pray that you'd forgive me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, use me for your glory. Help me, God, to say only the things that you'd have to be said. Help me, God, not to say anything that you wouldn't have to be said. Help me, God, I pray to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us, dear God, as we try to convey that which you put on our heart. May it be clear, may it be plain, may it be powerful, and may you use it, I pray, uh, to encourage and strengthen and give, uh, Lord, food for the soul of those that sit here tonight, those that may be listening, uh, Lord, by way of our different ministries online. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would get the glory to yourself. You would receive the preeminence in this place. And Lord, as I speak to this congregation about you, I pray that you would be lifted up as high as I can in my own ability, Lord, to let people know, Lord, what a wonderful God we have and the God that is ours. And Father, we do pray if there's one lost, you'd save them. If there's one backslid, they'd get right with you tonight and that all of your children would find what they stand in need of at your hand. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. When we come to Psalm 144, this is, uh, this is an interesting st psalm uh, in the sense that when we come to these uh, 40, uh, these one chapter, this Psalm 144 and these 15 verses, we find that it is a psalm of David. The Bible tells us plainly that it is a psalm of David. And rightfully so, as a psalm of David, uh, this psalm has been uh, called in, uh, other, in, in other writings about this. It has been coined the warrior's psalm. And how, and how, uh, how much that makes sense when we consider uh, the penman of this psalm, that David, uh, the greatest warrior that Israel ever had, wrote a psalm about warfare. He wrote a psalm about battles. He wrote a psalm in which uh, he is speaking to the Lord about the burdens of warfare and the burdens of battle and asking the Lord to deliver him uh, from uh, the battles that he faces and the enemies that uh, he faces here in this particular uh, time in his life. Now, we do not know. It is uncertain as to exactly which event in, the, in David's life caused him uh, to pin down these words, but 
but we do know it is in uh, it is in a moment to where he is feeling overwhelmed by the battles that he faces as a warrior. Here, when we look at this, and uh, we look at this psalm, David has enemies that are coming against him. We find David calling upon the Lord for deliverance as he is fighting an enemy that David feels is too strong for him to handle without the Lord's help. That's why when he writes these words and he prayed these words as a prayer, uh, we, we read what we read because David is calling upon the Lord for help because he realizes that the enemy that he faces is too strong for himself. In this Psalm, David, the greatest fighter and warrior that Israel has ever known, is here seen vulnerable and at his wit's end. He's calling out to God because he is human. He is frail. He is vulnerable. And he must have the Lord's help if he's going to keep going. In this moment of fear and uncertainty, David calls upon God to help him in somehow, in some way, to get the victory over the enemy that he that wants to bring him down and uh, to cause him to be defeated. What David says in his prayer becomes the word of this psalm, of this psalm and a song that Israel soldiers would sing or chant as they would make their way uh, toward whatever battlefield was the next battlefield for them to uh, seek victory on. It has been said that Israel would use the words of this psalm in their training of their soldiers as they were headed to a battlefield and as they were preparing for the battle. God would allow the Israelites to uh, sing and to chant and to memorize the words of this song to help them in uh, the battles that they would face. That means that these words are words of instruction for those that are headed into the battles of life and so that one can know what they must do when the battle is on. And can I tell you this tonight? There will be times in our life where the battle will be on. Amen. And you know what I mean by that? Amen. Somebody, some, maybe some of you, maybe some of you men, amen, might have gotten in some kind of argument on a, on a playground somewhere years ago. Amen. In high school or in college, somebody said something to you that you didn't like. And you know what in that moment it was? It was on. Amen. Here the battle was on in David's life. There was an enemy that was coming his way and he needed the help of God to go forward. And so tonight with the help of God, I want to preach on this thought, what to remember when the battle is on. Amen. What to remember when the battle is on. I want to give you a few things tonight and then we'll go to the house. Number one, let me say this. When the battle is on, the God here in his word through David reminds us that we are to remember that God still deserves our praise. Look with me at verse number one. David said this, Blessed be the Lord my strength. <clears throat> which teacheth, teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my strength, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Can I tell you this evening that when we look at verse number one and two, David lets us know that God deserves our praise even in the midst of the battle. Amen. In verse one and two, we do 
not find David beginning his psalm as uh, uh, by stating his problems as uh, many do in, and even as David has done in most of his psalms. Usually what you find when you read the book of Psalms, David and his humanity, David opens up his heart, lets us see his humanity as he cries out to the Lord and he begins to pour out his complaints and pour out his problems to the Lord. And as he's talking about how bad he has it, then he normally begins to think about who, how good his God is as he begs God to do what only God can do. And at the first part of the prayer, David is complaining and David is sad and David is somber. But then he thinks about who the Lord is as he begins to ask God to be exactly who he is. And then by the end of the psalm, we don't find David being sad and somber, but we usually find David shouting, amen, and giving God glory and praise because he got to thinking about who God was and what God could do. And God got bigger to him than his problem. And he began to get excited, amen. But here we find David in this psalm not beginning with his problems, but with beginning with praise. It is as if... <clears throat> David here in this psalm already has come to the place where he realizes that the, the, greatest, uh, the greatest resolution to being in the battle, the greatest help in the battle is when we get our, our minds right and our perspective right considering who the Lord is. And so when we get our thoughts right, when we're looking in the battle and we're trying to get our minds right as we face that, David here <clears throat> thinks about the Lord and he doesn't begin by being concerned with how bad his problems are, but by how good his God is. The Bible says he begins with the words, blessed be the Lord. And can I say this, that that is a phrase that throughout the, throughout the pages of the Word of God has gotten many a Christian through many a problems. Blessed be the Lord. Joe, I mentioned this Sunday, but Job said this. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. We have a biblical example in Job. And yes, here in our text, even in David, amen, that when the problems are, are heavy and the battle is on, amen, that we can praise uh, the Lord through our problems. It may not, may not change our circumstances, but if you're saved by the grace of God, and, and really this psalm ends up there in verse number 15 by letting us know that if we have the Lord, we have everything we need to look up when the battle is on. He still deserves our praise. Can I say this? This evening it is hard to praise God during the battles that we face in life sometimes, especially when we are so scared and so heartbroken and, and everything seems so as uh, so uncertain as to what is coming next for us. When we think about those things, it's hard to really find somewhere in the midst of all of that to give God praise. Can I say this? It is easy to feel the need to wait in our storms and in our battles. It is easy for us to get to the place where we just, it seems like we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
We've got some bad news, and when is the rest going to come? We have one battle, when are the other ones going to come? I'm facing one enemy, and where are the multitudes of others that are going to come? Yes, it does seem like in life when it rains, it pours. And we can get in that mentality so many times to where we're expecting for the rain to pour when the battle is on. But here, even though it is easy to feel that way, and it is easy to let the battle change our perspective to only focus on the problems at hand. Here we find that David himself found a way to keep on praising God in the midst of the battle. And, and that lets us all know that every one of us can too. <clears throat> if David can do it, so can we. David begins this psalm by praising God for who he is, even in the midst of the battle that he is facing. Notice David says, blessed be the Lord. Here this word blessed means to kneel or to bend as one would kneel when getting a drink of water from a pond. It means to present a gift, to kneel in homage, to, to kneel in adoration, or to kneel as a way of blessing a superior. Here David is by implication uh, saying, to, uh, saying to the Lord he say, he's saying that I want to bless the Lord even in the midst of the battle and not just when uh, the battle is over. He says blessed be the Lord. When David says blessed be the Lord in the midst of David's battle what he is saying is this. He says while I am fighting this fight I choose to submit myself before the Lord. He is saying I choose to worship Him. He is saying I choose to, <coughs> to kneel before Him because no, no matter what He is worthy. He is saying that I choose to show Him my love for Him still even though the battle is raging. He is saying that I choose to show my devotion to Him still. He is saying that I choose to come before Him and to offer Him myself and my praise as a gift. He is saying that I choose to brag on him and to not criticize him. He is saying I choose to trust him to lead me and I will not run from him. He is saying I choose instead of running from him, I choose to run to him. He's saying that I run to him to give him me and my praise as a gift and I run to him to get from him the refreshment that I need not to quit and not to fall faint in the battle that God has chosen for me and for me to get the refreshment that I need to keep on going. David said I choose to bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. He is choosing to worship God in a circumstance that most would say is unbecoming and unfitting for one to worship in. And can I tell you when the battle is on, there are choices to be made. And David said, I choose to bless the Lord. And that's exactly what every child of God that is facing battles and storms and difficulties need, need to do. If you're waiting to feel like blessing the Lord in the battle, you'll never feel that way because it's hard 
hard on the battlefield. But can I tell you, you can make the choice to keep on trusting God, believing in God, going on for God, loving Him, being devoted to Him, serving Him. You can choose that. David said, that's the choice that I make. And what a choice we find David making here in our text. We may not understand how he can make this choice. We may not understand how we could make such a choice. But no doubt here in the Word of God, we find that this is the right choice to make. May we look for a reason to praise God in our problems instead of a reason to criticize Him. David is in the battle and begins to choose to praise God by choosing to look back on what God has done for him in the past and then by looking at who he is currently. Amen. Notice this real quickly as we consider in verse 1 and 2 that God is still worthy of worship. He is still deserving of praise in the midst of the storm and in the midst of the battle. Can I say this? Number one, David praises God because his past works have not changed. Look at verse number 1 again. He said, blessed, I may not get further than this tonight. The Bible says, blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness, my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, he in whom I trust and who, uh, and who subdueth my people under me. It seems to me as if the words of these verses is telling us about some works of God that are both past and present. His past works have not changed. David here describes him as one that has strengthened him and is still strengthening him. He says there in verse 1, he is my strength. How could David declare in this moment of battle that the Lord is his strength? He can declare the Lord as his strength because in the, in the days and the months and the years and the moments prior to this battle, that's exactly who God has been. He's looking at the past and saying, he's been my strength in the past. And he's looking at this moment, this battlefield, this difficult time. And he said, he's been my strength all through the past. And he's my strength today. That God's previous work has been strengthening David. And he is still, by his goodness and by his mercy, still giving David the strength that he needs. Amen. The strength in previous battles he's getting in this battle. The strength of previous days he's getting in this day. David does not speak for others here, but we find him speaking for himself. No doubt others of David's day could say that God was their strength as well. But David does not know from practical experience how much strength others have, uh, others have drawn from God uh, to give testimony in these verses. But what David can give testimony of is exactly how God has strengthened him and has come to how David has done so. He's done so much strengthening for David that David calls him my strength. Can I say this? It's interesting when we think of the words that David chooses to use here. 
He says that God has been his personal strength. He says he's my strength. When David, He's saying that when David needed strength, it was God who gave it to him. When he says he's my strength, that implies that David realizes in this, uh, in this battle that uh, it is only God that is the source of any strength that he has now or has had in the past. He realizes that if it was, wasn't for God, he would have no strength at all. Notice what David is saying here. He's saying that he is my strength. In other words, what strength I have today, what strength I have ever possessed, it's not because I have strength. It is not that David has strength, but God is my strength. If I've ever had strength, it was God that gave it to me. If I have strength in this moment, it'll be God that enters in and gives me strength, and He is my strength. And if I ever have hope to have any strength in the future, it'll be God that has to give me that strength. Amen. He says that it, He is the strength that David possesses. Can I say that today's battle, today's battles remind us of all the times in our lives where God has got us through, and it reminds us of those times uh, that if uh, it reminds us of those times, and it reminds us of the fact that if God could be our strength and God could get us through the things that we face thus far, God can do it again for us. If He is our strength, if He is where our strength comes from, we do not need to worry how we do not about how we do not have the strength to keep going because if He is your strength, you don't have to worry about what strength you have, what, what the amount of strength you have, or what lack of strength you have. If He is your strength, you're not in the equation anyhow. You've got to trust in Him. You've got to let a trust that His strength will be enough to get you through. Amen. If He is your strength, there is nothing that He can't see you through. Amen. His past works have not changed. Notice as well, the word strength carries with it the idea of a rock of refuge, a, a fortress. Amen. What this means is, is that in our battles, uh, He's our strength. He's our ability. In our battles, He is our stability. Amen. The word strength carries the idea uh, there of a foundation, if you will, of a stable place, a place that will not shake, a place that will not crumble and fail. Can I tell you that when God's your strength, what that means is God is your stability. Your life may seem rocky this evening, but there's a God up in heaven that can bring stability to the most rocky of circumstances. You build your life on Him, friend. You trust in Him, uh, dear friend, tonight, and He'll give you stability. He'll be a rock. He'll be an anchor. He'll be a foundation that you need when nothing else brings stability in life. In our battles, He's our strength. In our battles, that means He's our stability. In our battles, that means He is our solace because the word, the word strength also carries the idea of a refuge. 
Can I tell you tonight that if you're here and you're in the middle of the battle, the battle's on in your life. In trusting in God, in, in trusting in Him, and falling upon your knees as David did, and, and relying on Him, and choosing to trust Him, even when it's hard, and even when it's difficult, and even when the future seems uncertain, you can find a solace. He'll be the one that you can run to. He'll be the one when you have nowhere else to go, you can run to Him and find solace and find refuge in our battles not only is he our strength and that means he's our stability that means he's our solace but it also means that he's our safety because it means not only the word strength carries the idea of a rock and a rock of refuge but it is a rock of refuge that is a fortress to God's people He's our safety. He's our fortress. Here's what it means that we can wrap ourselves up in Him and we can feel secure even in the hottest part of the hardest battles. You see, on the battlefield, those soldiers especially, we don't do it too much today, uh, but, but in ancient battles, when the battle got the hardest and it seemed like it was the most likely that the, that the, that the army, that the military force was going to be defeated, if they could just get to a place of refuge, if they could just get to a fortress, they could, they could run into the safety and un, into the protection of that fortress and they could find impenetrable walls by which to hide behind and by which to uh, find protection. And that is exactly what David is saying when he says that the Lord is his strength, that he is his stability, that he is his solace, and that he is his safety. If you've got God in your life, you can know that there is safety to be had. Your physical life can have safety to it. Your spiritual life can have safety to it. Your emotional life can have safety to it. You put it in what you need, and God can bring an element of safety and security in your life. He can help you through your hardest storms. If God has helped you before, He still can, and He still will if you let Him. His previous works is that He has been strengthening David in the past, and He is still strengthening David here as his strength. But secondly, can I say this? His previous work, his past work um, that has not changed is that God has taught David and is still teaching him. Look at, the, look at the first part of the verse again. Blessed be the Lord my strength. The second part says this, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. God has taught David and he is still teaching him. You see, in the second part of verse number one, David is readily admitting that God has throughout his life and throughout his service in the military of Israel, that God has been his personal trainer. He's saying, what I've learned, I've learned from him. Everything, and you think about who David is now, it would be his hands in warfare. It would be his fingers in a fight that has caused David to become the man of renown that he is. David was not known for peace. We understand that part of the reason why God did not let David build the temple and rather waited for Solomon to build the temple was because David 
had been a man of war and had shed much blood. What David was known for was not peace, but it was warfare. What David excelled at more than anything else was battle. The greatest warrior Israel had ever known was David. When David uh, was, uh, was coming to, um, to prominence in Israel, what did they say even during the reign of Saul? Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. He was known for warfare. It would be his hands, it'd be his fingers that brought him to a place of prominence that he knew how to war and he knew how to fight and he was so victorious in battle because God had allowed him to know how to use his hands for war and his fingers for fighting. Amen. David said that all of what I have all of the success that I've had on the battlefield I give all of the credit to God that God gets the credit for everything he has and for everything that he knows. If David has ever been victorious in battle it was because the Lord helped him. If his arrow ever landed where it should have landed it was because God had helped him. If he uh, here we find him saying that God is the one on whom David has depended to get him through each battle to win to be victorious, to not be defeated, to not fall under the, the weight of the battle and the heat of the battlefield that David has survived to this moment because God helped him and David depended upon the help of the Lord. David sees God as one here in this text that is unconditionally committed to his servants. That time, notice what he says here, the second part of verse number one, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. In other words, time and time again, God has taught me. Time and time again, God has helped me. Time and time again, I have depended on God to get me through the battle. And God has done exactly what was necessary. He has been unconditionally devoted to me, unconditionally committed to me as I have served him. And here he is responsible for helping David see everything victory that he ever saw in battle. And can I tell you this tonight and then, then I'll close. Let me say this tonight. If you are ever going to have any victory with whatever the storm you're facing, whatever the battle you're facing, the one thing I, I can't give you all the answers as to why you're in the battle you're in. I can't tell you why the battle is on in your life. I can't tell you why everything is so hard for you in this moment. But what I can tell you is what David told us that when the battle was on in his life, he called out to God and he did not take for granted to let the Lord know that it has been God that has been faithful. It has been God that has saw him through everything that he has come through to that moment. That it has been God that he has depended on. And God has shown him that he could trust him and depend upon him. And I'm sure in those moments there were times where, God, where, where David wondered, could this be the time where I'm depending upon the Lord and the Lord is going to let me down? Here after all of this time in Psalm 144, David still says that God's been faithful. 
that God has taken care, that God has seen me through every battle that I've ever faced. And can I tell you this about David tonight? You can study, you can study all of David's life. You can study all of throughout the scriptures, all the scriptural record of him. David did not die on the battlefield. There were many times where it looked tough for David. There were many times where it looked like David was going down. But he had a helper. And not just his fellow soldiers on the battlefield. Uh, that's wonderful. It's always wonderful to have people linking arms with you with a common heart and common purpose when you go into battle. It's always good to have a Joab. It's always good uh, to have mighty men. Amen. When you're going to a battle. But he had a help that was much greater than any horizontal help he could have had. He had vertical help from God. One that saw everything that he was going through and made sure that when David relied upon God on the battlefield that he did not lose uh, on the battlefield his life but God allowed David to see uh, allowed David to see a ripe old age and he didn't even there were many close calls but he never died on the battlefield and I'm telling you, you may be going through a battle this evening, but that doesn't have to take you down. The battle you're going through doesn't have to knock you out of the race. It, doesn't ha it does not have to rob anything from you because you have help from above tonight. You have the same God that David had to where at the end of fighting battles before, and God brought him through and as he looked into this, and by the way, can I say this, the most difficult battle you've ever faced is most likely whichever one you are facing. Lisa's going to seem that way and feel that way. Amen. When you look, you look at you look at what what you've got. The scariest battle is the one that you're looking up, looking to go into. You forget about how scary all the other ones were because you're enraptured by by how scary the one in front of you is. David here, as he looks into this tough and scary and and, and terrifying battle that he is to face, he begins by saying, "Blessed be the Lord." my strength. And He can be your strength tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done preaching tonight. If you need to come, you come on. It has been said that you are either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or about to go into one. These are things we need to remember when the battle is on. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.